or something that you don't believe. Amen? Amen. So it's just kind of... But there are folks that do, and that's just how it goes. So how many of you guys could honestly stand before people and tell, tell them that it's the body and blood of Jesus Christ that saved you? Like you wouldn't have any problems telling them that the reason that you're even alive is because of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's a hard, that's a hard one to get over sometimes. It's hard for people. We have this fear of this image, right? And once upon a day, the image of God, well, if you think about it, what was Jesus' image back in the day? Like, they didn't even know he was, like, that was him. And they crucified him because they couldn't believe that that was really the Messiah, this dude they sent. And then there's been all these times when other religions and other struggles of the world have come in, and there were things called crusades in the name of Jesus, right? And now there's people who stand on certain political views and personal views and all these things that say that God is exclusive versus being inclusive. You know, and so the world has this messed up view about who Jesus is. And so I just don't know how to, I don't know how to do communion without understanding the importance of this. Because in the word of God, it says, this is my body and this is my blood. And yet some people think I'm silly for believing that, that he was just saying that. Like, you know, well, that was just that time. Well, I don't know that. Was anybody else there that night? Were you guys there the night before the night Jesus was betrayed? Yes. None of you are that old? No. Okay. So we, all, like so, <laughs> so we all have that in common. And then uh, in your Bible, does, does Jesus say that this is my body and this is my blood? Yes. So I don't know how to change that. And I don't want to start changing any of the word of God. And I tell people like, you know, when you, when you have a master's degree in theology, all of a sudden you're supposed to be able to argue these things and you got these guys and women who, who feel that they're so smart they can tear apart the word of God and tell you what's true and what's false. Is that not in some ways becoming God yourself? I'm not down with that. Like, I'm a dude saved by the blood and body of Jesus Christ, period. And so... Every time we do this, it's an incredible gift and an incredible blessing. Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, he would take the bread, he would bless it and give thanks, and then he said, take and eat, this is my body given for you. And he took the cup, and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then we sing a song. Because 
that body and blood being invited into that meal, being brought into and receiving the very presence and essence of Jesus Christ himself should bring a measure of gratefulness and gratitude to us. Amen? Because communion's not just communion. It's a gift. It's a blessing. And so we sing thanks and praise to God. Amen? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, unless I'm crazy, that feels pretty good to give thanks to God out loud. Like, just like I know that each and every one of you have your times in the day, in the week that you're like, God, thank you so much. But how beautiful and what a feeling to do it as, as a body together, so corporately, and just raise that praise up, right? Like, thank you, God, thank you. It feels good to be able to let it out, right? You ever need to get out in the woods somewhere and just go, ah! Yep. <laughs> well, you do that what? In your bedroom? What do the neighbors think? <laughs> Remind me not to move next to you. <laughs> no, she's, no, really, she's okay. It's just a thing. <laughs> but it feels good to, to praise God out loud, amen? So, how many of you guys look at challenges and struggles in your life and it does not look easy? Yeah, you see things and you're just like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to make it through this? Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do. Oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. Yeah? Anybody get that? And it's a struggle. <laughs> well, we have, we have uh, one family out today and, and all the kids are sick. So as a mom, and you've got multiple kids that are all sick, that means multiple noses to wipe, multiple meals to make and deliver, multiple hugs that you need to do, multiple things. We've got families that are hurting and struggling through things that just aren't the norm, and they're tough, they're overwhelming, yeah? Just sometimes getting through the week, and you're looking ahead, and you're like, how am I going to make this? It doesn't look easy. It doesn't not look easy. And guess what? It may not be easy. It might not be easy. Wouldn't you like me to just say, oh, it'll just be a cakewalk. Don't worry. Just blah, 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 blah. And everything's going to be perfect and wonderful. Right? Wouldn't it be great? Oh, don't worry, problems, pastor said. But life can be difficult. Life can throw stuff at you. And it can hit you right betwixt the eyes. You're picking yourself up off of the floor sometimes and wondering what in the Sam heck is going on here. 
How is this happening? But did you know that we have an enemy who's real? I know that people don't like to mention Satan in church, but you better know who your enemy is. Because if you don't know what you're fighting, you're going to get blindsided every day, burn time. Right? Somebody invites you to a fight. So say you're a strapping person and you're a fighter and they just say, hey, you want to come fight this dude? Sure. You walk into the field and there's Holyfield uh, or Mike Tyson. That's a fight I can't win. But if you know who it is, <laughs> right? So in, in, the, in the event of this fight, you would say, no, I'm not going to fight Tyson. No way. But what happens if God, what happens if God lays a challenge before you and it's going to require your faith to get you through the challenge? It looks insurmountable and God is calling you to something and you don't believe you can do it. How do you proceed? And I know that the Sunday school answer you know, and that's what we're really trying to get over a lot of times, just knowing the right answer. Because knowing the right answer doesn't do you any good if you don't put it into action. Your car is absolutely worthless if you don't put the key in the ignition or have it close enough to hit the start button. Right? It's worthless. It's pointless. Your house will not protect you sitting where it's sitting unless you go in it. The heat of your house doesn't warm your body from here. Right now, some of you this morning are wishing that you were at your house because it's, it's chilly in here. I don't know why the heat's not kicking up or doing whatever. But regardless, you have to be able to take it from a Sunday school answer and be able to put it into your life and, and give it motion, give it action, turn it from, a, from, from just a flat word to a, a verb, something active in your life, amen? Right? And so this is it. Like, I'm glad that we all know, Jesus! Right? Jesus! He's the answer like 95% of the time in church. So you, you got a real good shot at being correct. But what good does Jesus do if you don't operate in his power and his authority? What good does it do? Right? So we teach our children when they're young that they have to go to Sunday school and, and then they, they leave by the time they're 18 years old. As soon as they get to make that decision, over 75% of them are gone. So how do you think we did teaching them as a church? But they know the answers. And maybe that's good enough for right now. Maybe. But what would happen if we, what would happen if we showed them the manifest power and glory in our lives? What would happen if we introduced Jesus Christ in a way that, that they had a relationship with him? right and that's not easy because kids don't necessarily want what they don't want because if their friends at school ain't doing it boy it's hard to get them convinced into anything right you'd be you'd be better off having one of the kids at school say hey let's take a joyride off a cliff in the bus and everybody be like yeah it's great so why would you do that but kids follow kids they don't want to follow adults oftentimes Unfortunately, it doesn't get a whole lot better as we get older sometimes, yeah? Because many of you have sat through, sat through maybe this 
almost very sermon that you'll hear today about turning God's word, taking it from a word to an action step in your life. What's the block? What's the kicker? What's stopping us? Do you believe this? Make no mistake, if you are with God, it's possible. Amen. Right? So we, we give the answer, and Jesus is the answer. But yet we stand in the face of adversity and struggles, and we weep like there's no way in Hades we're going to get out of this thing. I'm going to drown, I'm going to die, blah, blah, blah. Insert, insert your, your pity, your party. Right? And we all do it. We all do it. Well, I had no idea what it was like to get married with four grown kids. It's the first time I've ever done it, really. I have to rely on God. And even as a pastor, I fail. But with God, it's possible, yeah? Doesn't Philippians 4.13 say I can do all things through Christ or through him who strengthens me? Right? And you see athletes, I'm thinking of Johnny, Johnny Bones Jones, who has Philippians 4.13 across his chest. And he's a, he was a bad man in the ring, in the octagon. When Jones came to town, that's one of those that you just wanted to run away from. But it says, but it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But why can't I do this? What's that? Not in his will. Yeah, that can very well be. Like you're out taking a walk somewhere and God's calling you over here and you're over there and you're trying to figure out why over there ain't working and God ain't anywhere near you. Do we ever, do you ever feel that? Do you ever feel like, man, something is just not right? Man, I am not going to be able to get over this hurdle. What if you're not even supposed to be there? What if you've got yourself into something that you're not supposed to be into? We have three dogs. Guess how many times a week we have to yell at one of them? It's like my dog, Faith, I tell her every, virtually every day, it's like, honey, you're almost four years old now. It's time that you stop acting like that. Like, you're not a puppy. You know that you are not supposed to tear the garbage can down and spread it all over the kitchen. And I mean, for her, she just gets, she jumps the fence, tips over the garbage, and spreads it out so that she can just look and see what her humans have eaten this week. She's not in there for any self-serving purpose. She wants to know because... Sarah and I are trying to lose weight and eat better. So she's just double checking on us, right? I mean, she's just got such a beautiful heart. It's, it's like, Dad, this is for you. I didn't gain by eating these scraps. I'm taking them away for you, right? But I tell her time and time again, and how many of us are like that dog that jumps the fence, gets into trouble, and looks at God and says, but God... We're not supposed to be digging through the garbage. 
Yeah, we're not supposed to. We're children of God. There's a perfect and divine will and plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, plans for you to prosper and not perish and harm you. Do you know that Philippians 4.13 is, is a verb that it's actually, it's calling us out to action. It's calling us to something. It's calling us to exercise our faith. One, faith, I need to hear what God is telling me. Two, I need to listen to what God is telling me and I need to be obedient to that. But that's hard when you don't have the faith to actually believe that you're hearing what God is saying, yeah? It takes a minute. Remember what I said about planning a church and how scary it is? That's the second time I've done it and it gets no less scary. Because like, what if I didn't hear him right? What if I didn't? Buying the building, that's scary. Because then guess what? We're locked into a mortgage. Here we got a rent and we can bolt if we want to. Like, poof, we're gone. I don't like this. Boom, we're gone. We'll pop up over there. We'll go there. Boom, boom, boom. Exactly, Alora. Exactly. All right. It, it can be. Like, life is tough. Life is tough and it hands us all kinds of things. And on our own, we're going to fail. But when we surrender and give it to God and do what God is calling us to do, yeah, we're going to have struggles, but we know there's a faith that we can walk in this blessed assurance that tells us we can make it through that. Amen? Amen. I can and I will. Follow God in all that he calls me to. Amen? understand that when God calls us to something, that is actually a blessing in our lives. And we spend so much time being agitated by the struggles that we miss the blessing in it. Right? When we go to basic training and we join the military, we have eight weeks at least of hell. And it sucks, and you're going through all these things, and next thing you know, this guy is barking at you for a 10 or 15 mile run. You, seven, eight weeks ago, you couldn't run 10 or 15 blocks. Now you're running 10 or 15 miles, and you get through basic training, and you go, that wasn't so bad. You look in the mirror, you're fit, you're like, huh, wow. I went from 205 to 178 in eight weeks. Came out a lean, mean fighting machine. But I couldn't understand the blessing of what I was going through. I couldn't understand the value of the training while I was going through it because it was hard. And I've been conditioned to focus on the hard stuff, express my concern about my difficulties instead of seeing my blessings in it. Am I saying that God called me to the military? I couldn't say that. I didn't believe in God then but I believe him to get me through it. I believe him to get me through the war. I believe him to get me through all these things. Absolutely. So I can and I will. And what if this was our victory chant? 
What if this was something we chanted in the face of adversity, in the face of our struggles? I can and I will more than just get through this, but I will thrive in the midst of all of this. I will find the blessing in my issues. I will find the blessing in my struggles, and I'm going to rise up. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to champion no matter what because I know that God is calling me to this and I know that it's God's strength and power that's going to get me through this. And so God, show me what you're doing in my heart and in my life. Show me what I'm to gain from this. Because if you can't see God in the midst of your struggles, man... You're hurting as though God wasn't even there. Yeah? So you're allowing your circumstance to dictate your character instead of your character to dictate your circumstance. Right? What did Jesus say upon the cross? He didn't say, God, strike these people dead. Cast them all down. They're killing your boy. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Right, could any of us? But what if he's, what if he's calling us to something like that? And maybe you're not hung on a cross, but maybe there's a cross to bear. And what if you're called to pick up your cross daily in everything that you do and walk with him? Walk with that Holy Spirit that's filled you see, because Holy Spirit came to give us a strength that we couldn't have on our own. There's gifts and prizes, if you will, in receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's a blessing so rich that we're not using. Because we've got something locked in our brain that says that the troubles are troubles and we're not going to get through them. Or I can't wait to get through them. Instead of counting our blessings in the midst of it all. Right? Like, what if for one minute it wasn't about you? That's a hard one. That's a really, really difficult one. Yeah? So this is a victory chant. This is your heart when it belongs to Jesus Christ. And it says... Oops, sorry. In 11, Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situations I am to be content. How many of you feel content in the face of adversity when it feels like the world's piling on on top of you? How many of you are content in that? That the joy in the presence of God is enough to fill you. That your faith in God is enough to more than just fill you, but to get you through. But how many of us can be content in that? Paul says, count it all joy. And it's like, I'm not counting this pile as joy. Well, what happens if you're not even supposed to be in that? You see, we're turning your ears and your heart to Jesus Christ and following the path that he's calling you to can change what you're walking in. Life doesn't have to be one big poo sandwich after another. <laughs> right? 
from blessing to blessing, from glory to glory. So what happens? So he says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. Now this coming from a man who was shipwrecked, who was beaten, who was bit by a snake, like dude had a lot of stuff going on in his life, a lot of stuff that you and I will never have to face. And yet he says, I have learned how to be content in all of it. So maybe, just maybe, there's something higher, there's something better as we turn our lives and our will over to the care of God that's actually going to transform our thinking to recognize the blessing in it. Because guess what, beloved? If we are strong in our struggles, if we are strong with and for one another, and the world is watching, and they say, how did you get through that? It's only by the grace and power of God. That's it. What have you just done? You've preached a gospel that the world needs to hear. That there's something more than sitting in a, in a cold church on a Sunday morning. Bad coffee. There's something more than that. But what if that's all they think the church is? You see, because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The old is gone, the new is risen with Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Do you believe that? Do you understand that for what it is? Do you know that to be a truth in your life? Is that something, is that, something that you put out there that, that in the face of these problems you can look and see? you can look and see that, gosh, yeah. I can see how I once would have handled that. But I don't have to. I, I pray to God frequently. It's like, Lord, take my mouth. Take my mouth and take that, take that old spirit that used to be in me and get rid of it. Get rid of it because I don't want that. That which I used to say and that which I used to do lead to death, but the way to life is through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? And it's no good talking about Jesus on Sunday morning if I don't take him with me when I leave here. There's no sense in it. And you can come up with all the great Bible answers that you want to. I don't care if you're able to recite chapter and verse for every question that I ask you. Whoopie-doo-dah. So you can delight man with your wise wisdom, your, your knowledge of the Bible. I don't care. Hard to imagine me saying that, yeah? It's like, did pastor really just say he doesn't care if I know the Bible? I don't care if you know the Bible without, unless you know Jesus. Because if you don't know Jesus, those words are just words on a page. 
If you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, trusting in him and trusting in what he says, that when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then I understand that I need to be walking in his will. I maybe need to change something in my own life, the way that I walk out my life. I need to do something different and follow God so that all these things, I'm averting, avoiding all these things. Maybe sometimes I plow right through it and I get to watch and see as God does something that I never thought I'd do. Because greater is he who lives in me, right? Have we heard that? So what's stopping you from releasing that power and that authority in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your hard times? And it doesn't mean that it's not going to be a struggle. I can't sit up here and tell you that. But I'm saying that when you're not so focused on your pain and your problems, you'll realize that a lot of the things that you're going through are blessing. There's blessings in them. Even if you get off course and you're over here because you think this is the right thing to do, God can bless you in that. Yeah? Some of the greatest lessons I've, been, I've learned have come from doing stupid things. Yeah? Now, the beautiful thing about it is that I don't have to keep doing stupid things to learn. I, I, I can drop out of the school of hard knocks and come over here to the school of grace and peace and love and do something different. I can look at my tomorrow and I can see that God is going to bless me. He's blessing me today and I'm going to bask in this. And when I keep walking with God and listening to what God is telling me, I can actually enjoy it. And I can look forward to what's tomorrow. Just say yes. Just say yes to what God is calling you to. Just say yes to Christ in your heart. Just say yes when Holy Spirit prompts you. Just say yes when something wakes you up at 3 in the morning and somebody is on your heart and your mind and he's calling you to pray. Yes, Lord. Don't worry about your sleep. Toss up a quick prayer and watch slumber. Just be beautiful and feel rested in the morning when you get up. Just say yes when God prompts you to bless somebody. Just say yes. Knowing the difference between emotion and God's voice is going to be huge. Did you know that God did not necessarily call each and every one of us to give to every panhandler out on the street? Right? But how many times have you driven by somebody and you're just like, oh, I feel so terrible. Yeah? And so you hand them a dollar. Is that a bad thing? No. What happens if you don't give them a dollar? How bad do you feel? Is that, is that guilt and shame? Is that emotion? Or is that because you've missed the blessing that God is calling you to? But how many times when you're pulling up to somebody like that, do you actually throw up a prayer? Hey, Lord, should I give? How much? What should I do? 
And what happens when you start walking in obedience? And God says, nope, they're fine. And you drive by and you don't have to deal with guilt and shame. And you'll know. <laughs> you'll know when you drive by. Oh, I missed that one. Or thank you, Lord. We can, we can hear and believe really sad stories a lot. But not every sad story is ours to deal with. You might be called to it. Answer the call. Say yes. But don't be afraid. You better start praying. You better start listening. Huh? Amen? Does that make sense? Like there's something about being obedient that is going to change everything about your life. The way that you look at things, the way that you do things, the way that you handle things, the way that you receive things is going to change. So this is your response when God calls you to something, anything. This is always your response. If you walk in faith that he is who he says he is. Does that make sense? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Ready? It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So what is he saying? Like, can you, can you hear this? When you read this, do you understand that Paul is actually giving you some marching orders? Like, how are we to do these things? Rejoice in the Lord always. How are you doing with that one? Like, if you are always singing praises to God, how are you spending so much time complaining about your situation? We've talked about it before. And if you put your finger in the middle of your mouth and you praise God with the right side of your mouth and you scream about everything on your left side of your mouth at the same time, ready? Try it. So you have to what? Make a choice whether you're going to praise God or complain about your problems. 
And I'm not saying that complaints are never gonna come out. Sometimes you just need to get them out. Sometimes, I'm a verbal processor, so man, I'm And as soon as I hear myself say something, I can hear how stupid I sound. Like, dude, you ought to just shut up, take that back. Like, you don't, you don't really need to say that to other people, and I struggle keeping it all in my brain. So my wife has had to learn how to like not listen to 50% of everything that comes out of my head. Which, I wish, I wish that trick worked better sometimes, right? But, <laughs> oh, amen. And in your, in your earnest prayer time, please lift her up, because, yeah. Let your reasonable be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do you understand that he's with you? Like, honestly. So then what's, what's the, what the problem is? Because if we did, then what's the problem? I know the right answer is say yes. But I'm asking you honestly, like, I'm not going home with you. I'm not in your struggles Monday through Friday and Saturday. And I'm not. You need to know. You need to know this. Do not be anxious about anything. How many of you get anxious? But you just told me that you know that the Lord's with you always. Don't get anxious. Why? How about, how about what my wife just said? We're not fully surrendered. And some of us, some of us have a carnal knowledge of Jesus Christ. He's up here. But to get him through the hypothalamus and into this thing, that's tough. Right? To get him through your brain, to get him into the action stuff, it's tough. We have struggles fully surrendering to God. I said it a lot when I first got baptized. I said, yep, 95% of me died, but I need 5% because i got to be in control. I got, like, Lord, if you drop the ball, I still need to have some of me left to pick it up. So, like, that's how vain I am. That's how vain I am naturally. Like, that, that's me. Because I want to be in control of some stuff. And guess what? God does stuff differently than I do. Like, sometimes I just want to party, you know what I mean? Like, woo-hoo, let it roll, woo-hoo, right? Just get after it a little bit, whatever. And God's like, no. What do you mean? You're going to a different kind of party, Fred. You'll still be dancing and having fun, right? But I got you doing something different. I can still enjoy it. I can still feel it, but I got to understand that. I got I to gotta trust in God, right? That, like, he's going to teach me a new song. He's going to put a new song in my heart and life's going to be different. And so it says, do not be anxious about everything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. God, I thank you that you are who you say you are. God, I thank you that when I lift up my prayers to you, you hear me. But we so oftentimes go to God with our prayers like we're beggars. Oh, please, God. Why? You're having a little pity party. You're dancing to your old tunes again. Why? Why? He says. He says. He says. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts 
and your minds in Christ Jesus. Like guys, there's so much more. There's so much more than what we're doing. There's so much more than just answering the Sunday school answers. I don't care what your answers are here. I don't care. You're not going to get a prize. We're not going to hand out gold stars because you answered the most questions right. The gold stars come as you walk through life and you start celebrating victory after victory after victory. Slowly but surely, change comes. So you can do this when you walk with Jesus. Moses did it. Remember his? Like, but God, but God, but God. And God's like, no, dude, you. How did Joseph feel when he's trying to tell his brothers about a dream that one day y'all going to bow down to me? What? Oh, yeah. They did what? Oh, yeah, they threw him in a hole, then they sold him off to slavery, then they took him to Egypt, and dude's like, how many of us would have the faith to endure all that hardship and still give props to pops in everything? Like, oh boy, how did they treat slaves? So they sell off their brother to this merry band of gypsies walking across the desert. How do you think he was treated along the way? Oh, Joseph, here's some bonbons. Oh, put your feet up, enjoy some champagne. Can I fluff your pillow? Isn't that the way they treat slaves? How about Billy Graham when he came to know Jesus Christ and somewhere along the lines God told him you're going to be evangelists and you're going to save millions. If you feel it, you can't. If you feel it, it's likely because you don't believe. Or if you feel that you can't, it's likely because you don't believe you can. And Colossians Colossians 1, 22 to, or 21 to 23. And you who once were alienated and hostile in your mind. How many of you guys are your own worst enemy? So, and you who once were alienated and hostile in your own mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in faith, stable and steadfast and shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of earth, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So it's in your bulletins. I would love to challenge each and every one of you to actually take your bulletins home, read these verses, and come up with what it is I've been trying to say. Because you might not have heard what I said. But if you put it to prayer and take these home. Ask God what he's trying to say. Ask God what he's telling you to. Sarah and Kim. Ask God what he is telling you. Ask God what he is trying to show you. Because he has something for each and every one of us if we're willing to put in some faith. If we're willing to walk a little bit different. Yeah? So I just pray blessing upon each and every one of you. And uh, 
as we share this last song, I pray that I pray that it all just resonates with your heart. I don't speak words just so that I can say, well, Lord, I did my part. I try and do my very best to be obedient to God in everything that I say and everything that I do. Because I love God and I love you. And I want to see the transformation. And God wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the renovating of your mind, the changing of the way you think and see and do things. Amen? So let's worship.